As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It's a seller's market. Smaller supply and the increased demand. And we're not talking houses. When we put one car out, we sell two that same day. That Toyota Sequoia, okay, those are super, super hard to find. Hot cars of a different kind. I think for the foreseeable future, we're going to kind of be living in this environment. And. I thought it was pretty vulgar. Emailed threats of a deeply personal hack. Within 96 hours, I'm going to share your compromised information with your relatives and upload it on the web. How you could find yourself the target of a sextortion scam. You may think, oh my God, what website did I go on? I got to pay these people. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and we're joined again this week by Contact 6's Jenna Sachs. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Brian. Nice to talk to you again. Good to talk to you as well. And I know it's been a big week in your household because we've talked many times on the podcast that you have uh, three children, including a set of twins, and they turned, are you kidding me? They turned three? They turned three on Monday. It was kind of alarming because I I feel like the first few years of their life were kind of survival mode. And then over the last year, we've been able to really enjoy them. And now time is speeding up. Other parents always said things like, oh, time, slow down. Time is moving so fast. And I didn't relate to that until the twins maybe were in their twos. And then they things got more manageable. And all of a sudden, they're three and they're in preschool. And they talk so much and they have such big personalities and they like all sorts of activities. They're real little people. And I guess this is where I say time is starting to speed up. And now I finally understand what all those other parents were talking about. But I made the mistake of giving them too much sugar. They had cake and then they just like lost their minds around 6.30 p.m. at night. And then it wasn't so much of a party anymore. Well, you know, Jenna, I am one of those parents who's now saying those things because, of course, I have a daughter who is going to be in college next year. She's graduating high school in just a couple of weeks. I have a son who's in middle school. I have two stepsons who are one in college. The other will be going to college next year. So we're now talking all about those days when they were when they were little. It does go quickly. Um, but, you know, when you've got all the craziness in the household that now seems like it's so stressful, you will look back at that and go, oh, those were great times. So um, I'm sure it's chaotic at times, but uh, but why wow, just to and, and not only are they three, obviously, if they're three, that means your older one is getting older as well. So you've got uh, you're heading into fun times, I think, as a parent. I think so. My older one is five. And my husband and I were talking about how our kids are only going to be two years apart in school. So they're going to leave us, all of them, in a span of like two years when they graduate high school and go to college. So our empty nest phase is going to be so quickly. You're approaching that now. 
I can't imagine what it must be like thinking about getting closer to having your kids leave the house after all that chaos for all those years. Well, and and I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before. You know, and my coworkers know that I'm in it for my wife and I. This is our second marriage, so we have uh, you know four kids combined, and three of them will be gone to college next fall. And so I was talking to my son about this that you're going to be the only one here next fall when everybody else is away. And I couldn't tell if he was excited about that or if he was. Uh, sort of just surprised, but um, but yeah, there will be a little more one-on-one time with the youngest. But yeah, no, it, it goes quickly. It evolves, and, and we're seeing the cycle of life at Fox 6. As we know, babies are being born. Amanda, of course, is home with her second child who was just recently born. We know that uh, one of our photographers, Jerry Immig, is home with, uh, with he and his wife having had their firstborn child. So we have so much going on at Fox 6 News in terms of sort of the, the, the baby boom once again. Um, and more babies coming. Stephanie right. Grady, yeah. Stephanie Barrichello. My goodness. Well, it's uh, uh, the, the future Fox 6 reporters and Contact 6 reporters, right? <laughs> I hope so. We'll see. Well, I don't know. There was a pause when I, when I asked you that because you had that <laughs> brief thought of like, do I imagine one of my kids being, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them run like the wind. Don't, don't. Uh, well, don't it is like here. that, that thing you always hear actors. They don't want their kids to be actors and journalists think about the lifestyle, you know, the long hours and the difficult starting years. And you think, oh, gosh, maybe my kids could do something that's a little easier. Absolutely. Well, certainly, though, rewarding when you do things that help people. And obviously, uh, when you, uh, with, with being a part of Contact 6, that's part and parcel of what you do. And we're going to talk about a couple of stories today. I think they're both big talker, hot topics. And the first one is one I think you don't really realize it matters until you're in the market. But uh, we've talked so much about the hot market for houses and how hard it is to buy houses. But apparently that's also translating to cars, both new and used. What's going on there, Jenna? So if you're looking to buy a car right now, you are going to walk into a really crazy market, a really hot market. There's low inventory, there's high demand, and there's high prices. If you're someone that likes to haggle with the salesman, you're out of luck. They don't have to haggle with you right now. You can either take the car or they'll find someone else who will take it. Uh, For example, a couple of years ago, a car would sit on the lot an average of 74 days. It now sits on the lot about 34 days on average. And if it's an in-demand vehicle, it's going to go much faster. So for this story, I visited a small used car dealer in West Dallas called Easy Motors. They usually have 35 used vehicles for sale on their lot. Right now, they have only nine. They said they're selling cars before they can even get them detailed and out on display in the front row. And if you're looking to buy that car, you know, prices, as I mentioned, they're going to be higher. So for new cars, um, in April, sales were up 115% over 2020 and up 16% over 2019. That's according to J.D. Power. For used vehicles, it's a very similar thing. Used car sales were up 87% in April over 2020 and 17% over 2019. And Carfax says that list prices are 20% higher than last year. So for a used car, you're probably going to pay on average $25,500. For a new car, the average is about 38 grand. And if you want a specific car, you're going to have to spend some time hunting for it, or you're going to have to spend weeks waiting for it to arrive at the dealership because they're probably not going to have it. So be prepared for a competitive 
hot market. Everybody is talking about the housing market right now, but the car market is equally hot. Well, and I'm wondering how much things like these repeated stimulus checks play into this because people are getting some cash in their hands that maybe they didn't have a down payment before, or maybe they just didn't feel comfortable making a financial commitment. Is that driving some of this or are there some other pandemic related factors? There are a lot of factors driving it, and that is one of them. With tax returns coming in, with stimulus checks, with people changing their lifestyle habits, maybe they don't want to do mass transit. There is a higher demand for those vehicles that are under $10,000 and are used. So we have first-time car buyers entering the market, but there's a, a high demand for new and used cars, and they're directly related to one another. Um, I'll start with new cars. Auto manufacturers shut down for months in 2020, and when they finally restarted their assembly lines, demand had already been building, it was starting to backlog, and they had to restart their supply chains, which was not an easy thing to do because these were chains disrupted by the pandemic. There continues to be a shortage of computer chips, which are used in vehicles. There's a shortage of seating foam and other things that are needed for these vehicles. And a lot of people who want to buy new cars are not having success doing that right now. So they're turning to the used car market and those newer model years. And from there, it's really just a trickle down effect. Used market is, as I mentioned, it's really tight. A lot of inventory for used vehicles Um, comes from large fleet sales, uh, auctions of fleet vehicles from rental car companies, from commercial companies, government agencies, and those fleet vehicles are not around to be sold. They were sold off early in the pandemic to help those places stay afloat, and the inventory isn't there anymore to add to the used car market. And on top of that, what you mentioned before, there are new buyers entering the market looking for those low-priced vehicles, and there's just a lot of factors in play here. Well, when I hear all of those play together, you think when there's great demand and there's limited supply, we know how economics work. That means prices go up. Is this a good time to even be looking to buy a car? That very much depends on whether you have a trade-in. So if you have a vehicle to trade in, that can offset the higher lifting prices because trade-in values are at historic highs right now. You might get two to three grand more for a vehicle than you would have gotten pre-pandemic. And if you have a certain type of car that's in high demand, like a truck or an SUV, you could get a very good trade-in value. So it's a good time for you to buy. Um, Also, uh, interest rates are ridiculously low right now. You could even get zero percent or between two and a half and four percent on your interest rate. So there are good reasons to buy right now. But if you're someone who doesn't have a trade in, it's not a great time. So obviously, if you can get that low rate, you're borrowing money cheaply and you've got a pretty strong trade and it may make it worth it, but you've really got to see how those numbers play out. Certainly, it would be a good time right now if you're just looking to get rid of an extra car. Absolutely. That's one of the advice we gave consumers in our story. If you have a spare car sitting around, even if it's not a nice car, this is a good time to bring it in and see what you can get for it. It might surprise you what you'd get on a trade-in right now. I want to test you, Brian. What do you think? are the hottest cars right now? If you had to guess, what well, vehicles were the most in demand? I feel like that that's a good question. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people who want to move towards some of the, you know, the new electric vehicles and things, but I don't think they're there yet. I doubt the popularity is quite there yet. I'm guessing it's still 
Gas prices until recently have been very cheap. Are they still SUVs? Are we still looking at maybe the smaller size SUVs? SUVs and trucks, actually. And if you think about how the pandemic has affected our lives, that's the reason. People want a car that can pull a boat. They want a car that they can take off-road, go camping with their families. So the demand is really, really high for trucks and SUVs, whereas sedans used to be way ahead. Those have dropped in popularity during the pandemic just because of people's lifestyle changes. So if you want to buy a truck, it's like 30% more, according to Carfax, than it was last year. So that's that's probably the biggest demand. If you have a truck to trade in, my goodness, you could get a good deal for that. I wonder how much that will change if if gas prices continue to rise, if we start to see where we did not all that long ago, uh, you know, I can remember when prices were pushing $4 a gallon and everyone started looking for fuel efficiency and looking for hybrids. And then those electric vehicles become maybe more attractive. But when gas prices have been for the last couple of years down around that $2 mark or the low $2, people go, hey, I don't mind a big truck if it can do the things I want it to do. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that will help the car dealers sell some of those less in demand vehicles on their lots. But to be honest, it's a really good time to be an auto dealer right now, <laughs> even without the demand for electric cars or, or cars that require less, less gas per mile. Well, I want to shift gears to the other story we came to talk about today. And, and this is, Jenna, something you've been warning Fox 6 viewers about for years. You've been warning them about all manner of scams and ripoffs, but one that I know we've talked about in the past, but seems to be increasing. And this is something that could really prey on people's insecurities about things like the cameras or other tech you've installed inside your home. First of all, tell me a little bit about what the story is and how it came to you. So I was contacted by a woman named Dana Bertling, and I have to give her credit for reaching out to me because most people don't talk out about this kind of scam because they're embarrassed about it, even if they haven't done anything to um, make this scam more likely for them. They're embarrassed to talk about it just because of the subject matter. So Dana submitted a complaint form to Contact 6, and she had gotten an email saying that her cameras had been hacked and there was a sexually explicit video of her that had been captured and the hacker was threatening to release it to her contacts within 96 hours and she was instructed to open a document that was provided which included instructions she needed to follow to prevent the embarrassment of having this sexual video released to people she knows. Now in her case and in most of these cases The hacker has, they're they're not even hackers, they're scammers. They have nothing. This is essentially a phishing scam uh, wrapped up in a sextortion scam. So the goal is to get her to click on the harmful link in her case, which might give someone control to her computer or something similar. Um, But it's preying on your fears. It's preying on your insecurities, your embarrassment. It makes you wonder, well, what websites did I visit? What kind of videos could I have captured? And that's what makes it different than a lot of other scams. Um, Not so that there's not an immediacy there. The scammer always wants you to go immediately go into action. That's why they have a a countdown. We're going to release this within 96 hours, 48 hours. They want you to react quickly and with emotion. And often that's fear. And in this case, it's embarrassment and maybe shame. And it's interesting. They call this a sextortion scam. And I know you've reported on actual sextortion in the past, which is incredibly painful for people. So what they're threatening to do is 
really harmful to an individual. Would you mind sharing a bit about what you'd reported in the past about actual sextortion, what they're threatening here? When I saw your story, I, I actually looked back because it was about five or six years ago that we had reported uh, on increasing number of cases where people who have sent sexual photos, maybe to a boyfriend or girlfriend, or they have allowed someone to record uh, an intimate video of them in a private moment, and then that video or those photos end up in someone else's hands, or maybe there's a breakup, and then that person uses that against them and says, if you don't give me this, or if you don't get either, sometimes it might be give me more photos, give me more videos of yourself, or if you don't send me money, I'm going to publish these things, send them to your friends and that sort of thing. Um, there have been some pretty extreme cases of young people who used this against someone else and and really uh, intimidated or tormented them. Uh, and ultimately, this led to criminal charges. But there are many people who just their, their worst fear is that the shame and embarrassment of those videos and, and those intimate moments being shared with everyone will prompt them to do things they never would have considered doing. There was a really famous case. I think it was in New Berlin at uh, at the, the high school. I believe it was Eisenhower. Um where there was a student who had used this technique on a number of classmates and uh, ended up convincing some to perform sex acts that they never would have considered performing, but under fear that their private things would be released publicly if they didn't. So it can be pretty horrific, but it sounds like, Jenna, in, in the case of what you're dealing with here is scammers who are taking advantage of the fear of that very thing happening. And, and the person who came to you, she didn't have any sexual videos out there or any sexualized photos, but the suggestion that maybe someone saw her on a webcam, recorded something she didn't know, maybe somehow they got a hold of something on a website she visited was enough to obviously draw some real concern. That's exactly it. This woman does have cameras, nest cameras throughout her home, and she said, I don't think they have a video of me. I don't think I visited any pornographic websites where they may have discovered me, which is something the hackers or scammers might say in these emails. We we found you when you visited this pornographic website. Um, but she said, if they do have something, I don't care. Um, I think this is I think this is a scam. I think it's worth alerting people to because this might trigger someone else into worrying about something they've done or somewhere they may have accidentally ended up on the internet. And she wanted to share her story. And I read dozens of these types of emails because the Better Business Bureau scam tracker has quite a few of them. And they all start out by essentially shaming the person for sexual acts they say happened in front of the camera or shaming them for visiting pornographic websites. They'll name drop some websites and they threaten to send these videos to their con to their contacts. Um, they call them a pervert. They tell them to prepare for the shame that's going to follow. Um, they say, wow, you're really into some nasty stuff. And then to convince the victim of their authenticity, they may offer up an accurate password or a name of websites that they visited. And the goal is to either get the victim to click a harmful link to the evidence um, that they supposedly you have. You did air quotes as you said get, that, right? Yes, the evidence, because they don't have the evidence, um, or to get you to send them money in a way that can't be traced and can't be retrieved. Well, I, the person who came forward and, and, and talked in this story says she knew there was nothing out there about her. For a lot of people, that may well not be the case, that sort of certainty, because these hackers, scammers, they obviously know that a lot of people visit pornographic websites and do things mm -hmm. that maybe they would be ashamed of or wouldn't want public. Publicized. So if they if they get these emails to someone who has some real doubt, 
maybe they did see, maybe they do know, I could see where these kinds of scams could be very effective. Absolutely. I would be embarrassed if someone just hacked my camera and had all those horrible upshots of my face, (laughs) you know, or you think, did I change my clothes in front of a camera or some sort of device on my phone or on my on my computer. There are cameras everywhere now. And a lot of times these scammers won't even tell you what device they hacked, which is another red flag. I actually spoke with the FBI um, off air about this story. And they said, the interesting thing is if someone actually had sexually explicit videos of you or pictures of you, they would show it to you right away. It would be in the body of that email because they are proving that they are serious and they mean business. They're not going to make you click a link to view the video of yourself. They're going to make it very clear that they have those images of you. So that's one red flag people can watch out for. They want to show you they have the ammunition if they're serious is what you're saying. Exactly. And and, and if they have, for instance, maybe you know, a Zoom video of you where your bed's not made in the background, they might show that. <laughs> that, that, that happens to me the other day. I, was, I did this interview, and then afterward I played it back, and you could see my bed wasn't made in the background. That was kind of embarrassing. Um, but, yeah, I think that this can be a convincing scam. It's very unlikely that someone probably hacked your device's camera. That's actually pretty hard to do. It's much more likely that your passwords that they provided or your email address that they obtained were retrieved somewhere on the dark web. There are huge lists of email addresses, passwords from data breaches that people can buy on the dark web. It's readily available. It's easy to find for these hackers. And the chances are they just found your information from a data breach online and are trying to take advantage of it. Are are there things that you can do to minimize the chance that you're going to find yourself in a spot where you just don't know or where you really are feeling compromised? Right. Um, There are things you can just basically do to protect yourself and your information from being exposed. That's really what it comes down to here. So use complex passwords for all your accounts, multi-factor authentication when it's offered, Do not reuse your passwords and use a password manager app if you can. That will keep track of your passwords for you. And don't click links to attachments that you do not expect. Um, Even if it comes from someone you know, you can always follow up with that person and ask if they sent you an attachment uh, because those attachments can be very harmful and that may be a way that someone can gain access of your computer or even your camera in a worst case scenario. Jenna, when I was doing these stories, we did a a number of stories on sextortion when people actually had photos or videos that they were using uh, to to extort someone else. And, And one of the things that really stood out when I did that story, we went to Bradford Beach and just talked to teenagers who were hanging out in the summer and said, you know, have you ever sent an explicit photo of yourself to someone else? And uh, a, a lot of them said, well, yeah, you know, sometimes you do. And just the act of doing that can really put you in a compromising position, even if you think maybe it's a person you trust. And, and one of the examples that came up was as we were reporting the story, there was a new case that came out of someone who had sent photographs to a boyfriend five years earlier. Well, five years later, someone else who this person never knew, had never had contact with, had those photos. How that person got a hold of them, was it through a hack? Was it shared? Was it posted somewhere? She never knew, but that person was now using those explicit photos to try and extort her for more explicit photos and ultimately for money. And and that was something that it was shared between a trusted intimate partner. Uh, you think they're the only one who is ever going to see it, 
But once you take that risk, you really do open yourself up to the possibility. And that's what makes things like these scams you're talking about so much more effective as people can fear maybe there's something about me that really is out there. Absolutely. What you just described is horrifying for me as a mother. <laughs> you just add it to the list of things you have to lecture your children about. Don't send any compromising photos to anybody. That's just terrifying. But if you get an email like this, the BBB and a lot of cybersecurity experts think this is grossly underreported because of the embarrassment and the shame there. If you get it and you're not sure about it, don't be afraid to to reach out to us or to the Better Business Bureau uh, for their advice. And uh, don't click on any links. That's the bottom line. Don't click on any links you, you don't expect. And hopefully, it, chances are, it's going to be a scam. If only someone hacked in and saw what we look like on these podcasts. We, well, at least we're not under blankets anymore. <laughs> what for, are you saying? For a long time, we were just wearing blankets over our heads for better sound. I think we've come up with other options. but Well, I would like to point out my bed is made now. I notice. Uh, I can, I can okay. tell your bed is made in the background. <laughs> and that seems like a good time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more personal, have a little fun, and we do that by answering a question that we have not prepared for. But executive producer Sarah Smith, she's prepared for it, and she's here again with that question. Hi, Sarah. Hey, hey. Okay, so I'm going to start with a question. This isn't the question. It's a little bit of a, a, a prelude to what's coming. So have either of you been to a Bucks game uh, pre-pandemic, you know, recently kind of? No, I wish I could no. say that I have. I have not been to. I I am one of the maybe few people left who has not been to Fiserv yet. What I know, I see the I see the look on your face. I, I my my <gasps> my wife, my kids have gone. I have not. So um, that will change in the near future. I I haven't gone to Fiserv either. I went to the old arena, but it's been it's been a long time since I went to a Bucks game because Herb Cole was there. <laughs> Okay, so not really having, I mean, it kind of has to do with the question. Anyway, I don't know if either of you know, but the Bucks have an official DJ. So DJ Shauna, I'm sure you've probably read about her. There's been, you know, she's highly popular on social media, plays music during the Bucks games. Really great. Um, but, you know, bad news. She called in sick tonight. That means uh, you guys are going to get the call up to be the DJ. So... You're playing the Bucks game. You're a DJ. What's the first song you play? <laughs> I'm going to let Jenna take this one. I don't know where to uh, go with this also, one. But let me also asterisk. DJ Sean is just fine. This is all hypothetical. <laughs> okay. Well, this is hard because I'm really out of pop culture right now. <laughs> like, the coolest thing we're listening to my house, listening to in my house, is the Greatest Showman CD. Like, that's as hip as we get which is a great cd by the way it is but it's all it's all disney movies and music and right now we and we will come back home and wait all right anyway <laughs> I, you know what let's just go with that let's let's make that our song what's that called home what's that called um this is me uh, that that's pretty much the best song we have playing in my house right now um so maybe that would have to be it um that's a good song um maybe sweet carolina <laughs> people like that sweet caroline I don't I I have no pop culture reference. I hadn't even heard of Lizzo until like, you know, way late in the game. I feel so I feel like you, you be based on where although you're a little bit out of this well, I don't know, maybe you're still in this realm, but I feel like crowds love when Baby Shark comes on. So, you could go Baby <laughs> we, Shark. We do have a lot of Baby Shark. And there's a lot of versions of Baby Shark. I don't know if you know, 
But there's like 50. Yeah, let's go, let's go with Baby Shark. I think the crowd would like that. Thanks, Maybe Brian. they could come up answer. with a Bucks version. It could be like Baby Buck. Do, 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 do. They could do that. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe copyright issues. They could I'm show sure. all the babies in the crowd. It would be a, it would be a killer. The thing is, I I you know I imagine that I, I'm much like Jenna. I am not up on a lot of uh, popular music. I, what I know of what's popular, I know through my daughter because she will you know say, "Dad, can we play music in the car?" And then she will start her playlist, and invariably I say, "And who was that?" And she says, "Dad, you know that's so and so." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I for, I don't know who that is." Um, or dad, do you know who this is? And she says, you know, plays a song, and I go, I don't know. That's uh, Justin Bieber. No, I have no, I, I don't know. Um, so I don't know that. Like, if I'm trying to play a crowd pleaser that's current, I think I'd be, I, I'd be wrong. But if I'm going to go to like, and I also don't know if this fits like a Bucks crowd. Like, I feel like you'd want something maybe some of the latest hip hop. You'd want something that would really get people going. That's modern. That's up to date. I would end up going like '80s hair band, and people might look up at the DJ booth and go, what? Like when did when did Motley Crue come back? In? I don't know. Um, Vince Neil's three hundred pounds. I don't know. So, I you know, and and by the way, I'm bummed that the the Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison. I think jo- was it Joan Jett. Oh, that concert has been canceled twice now. It was going to happen again. They rescheduled again. though. Yeah, for twenty twenty two. Do you think they're still I'm... going to be alive? That's the thing. Can they make it that far? Mick uh... Mars is seventy. So I don't know. Um, but no. So le- legitimately, what would I what would I have? as my opening song like first song hit play i mean now i'm from st louis so i could maybe go back and and play some nelly because that's about the closest thing i have to any connection to to hip-hop um and and that i feel like might connect with a crowd that would but it's that's not new enough either though that's not like modern that doesn't so i don't know i'm out of touch i will say that i i do know that not every song that like dj shauna plays is you know 2021 or 2019 i mean she is able to mix in stuff like baby shark with other songs or you know um i will say at this point it, i mean if baby shark hits play i don't know when people are going to stick around to see the game but <laughs> <laughs> um i'll say that okay so um in high school i had a jock jam cd but like didn't everyone um and the very first song right out of the gate first song was montel jordan and it always starts with, this is how we do it. And then it gets into it. And, and every time I hear it, all I can think about is like, man, this puts me in a good mood. And it makes me happy. And I feel like people like that song. And they can sing it. And that's my pick. I, it makes me sound old. And at this point, we have three songs that probably aren't going to really get the crowd pumped. But I had that CD. Yeah. The exact same CD. I lived in Kansas City for a number of years, and uh, it was at a time, and I'm from St. Louis, so I was a St. Louis football fan growing up, but then they didn't have a team, then they had a team, then they didn't have a team. So for a while, I was a Kansas City Chiefs fan, used to go to games at Arrowhead Stadium, and they would always play uh, Start Me Up. And that's got that, you know, you, you uh, kickoff time, that, you know, Start Me Up, and it really got the crowd going and revved up, and that's a good starter song. I could see at the beginning of a game getting the crowd going with something like that. Everyone knows it. It's the Stones. Um, kind of hard to go wrong there. I know Josh Dewar, former Fox Sixer, would certainly love to hear me say that. So I think anything uh, Stones would be a good way to start things off. Well, uh, this, was, this, this question threw us, Sarah. This question definitely... <laughs> Was a tough one, and I think we're all glad that DJ Sean is still available. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. She's going not to be losing one her of job. Us. 
Uh, fantastic. Good for all basketball fans in Milwaukee. Um, it, it, we would like to know what kind of question you want Sarah to ask us. If you have a question to submit for our Off the Record segment, or if there's a topic you want us to discuss on the podcast, an issue you should think we should investigate for Fox 6 News, send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. That's fox6investigators at fox.com. Jenna, thanks again. Sarah, thank you for for coming on for the Open Record segment. Good to see both of you. It's a pleasure. No problem. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and of course, Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. With that, I'm Brian Polson, and we'll be back again next week. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.